So um, every year we go away, and believe it or not, um, the things that happen on Sunday morning are planned. We're not just making it up uh, the week before. <laughs> so, yeah, the first service had the same reaction of that was a joke, self-deprecating humor, getting you guys to kind of like loosen up. So what we're going to do, we're going to just take our arms. If you're crossing them, we're going to uncross our arms. We're going to loosen up our shoulders. We're all going to enter into a place where our body's language can receive. Because I'm a big believer, which your posture, your body, whatever, your body tells your mind and your heart what to do. That's just, you know, a science fact. So we're going to do that. We're going to get into a place because God wants to communicate to us today. You guys believe that? He wants to pour into us. And so we have this planning meeting, and every time we go to this meeting, we're trying to think of how do we get people connected. The thing that we kept talking about at this meeting was like this idea of that we're not just doing this alone, how grateful we are for the people in our church, all, all this that really was like, well, it sounds like we're not the ones doing this church. It sounds like we're a part of it, but it's, it's a collaborative effort. And, and so the word partner kept coming up, partnership. And, and, and so a partner is either of a pair of people engaged together in the same activity. Isn't it interesting to think about a church like that? And I, I know a lot of people have come from environments where it's like the priest is the, is the pastor. And you come and receive from the priest, right? And that's not the way our church really operates because our church is, and I think many churches, and I think ultimately all church is the church, the people in it, the congregation, the pastor, big C church, all of us around the world engaging in a, what God wants to be doing in our communities and in our own lives. It's a partnership. It's not one person. And so a, we're grateful for you guys because you're amazing partners, and we love it. Um, but we also want to make it something so that everyone can understand this is what partnership looks like. We think discipling people in partnership. Um, we've heard this a lot, you know, the buffet Christians. They come, I, I was telling everyone, I went to, I went to um, church, or I'm sorry, I went to a buffet with Ellie the other day because I knew, like, small children like to choose, that's the whole thing is, like, if they get to choose it. And um, so she's walking around, and anything that had legs, she chose. <laughs> she's like, ah, oh, I want that crab. She can't open crab. She never had crab. <laughs> she, she picks crayfish covered in hot pepper. You know, she picks every shrimp. Now, given she actually did try them, but, but I was like, we got to get some veggies here. We gotta, <laughs> we're going to put some vegetables on this food, <laughs> not just shellfish. <laughs> You know, and it's funny, a lot of us are the same way with church. We come in and we're like, pick this, pick this, pick this. I don't want accountability, though. Oh, I'm going to come in. Oh, wow, pastor, so encouraging. Hey, yeah, that's really great that you're encouraged by my message. You should probably go to a small group. Ah, I don't really want to. Hey, have you, hey, we're doing a giving thing. Oh, it's so, you know, I really love the AC and the Wi-Fi. But I'm not going to participate in that. You know, we're picking the parts. And we, we think that's not just not good for the church. It's not good for you. Because you deserve to experience the full blessing of what God is doing when God does things. And God blesses people who participate. You know, you always hear, you got to get a little skin in the game, right? It's just like, how many of you guys like fantasy football? To no, statistically, that's impossible. It's a multi-billion dollar industry. <laughs> There's got to be more than two people who play fantasy football in our church. 
Do it again. How many guys like fantasy football? Hands raised high. Or have ever played it. Fantasy football is a thing where you have a sport where you basically, you're betting on these players. And how do you guys know it's so much more fun to watch football when you're playing fantasy football? Because you got a little skin in the game. You're like, oh, my God, I got a touchdown. We want church to be that same experience where the happy place wins and you win. Kids' church is going well. I don't have any kids, but I feel amazing. It's my church, it's my team, and I got a little skin in the game. So what is a BCC partner? You attend worship gatherings regularly. You know, you're participating in the worship experience of our church. Next one is you're participating regularly in generosity. We are a church that believes in generosity. We give money, um, and we want you to participate in that kind of, because we're blessed by it. We think it's an amazing thing that you get to do. The third thing is you celebrate the vision and success of BCC wholeheartedly. You know, when the church is doing something, you're like, that's amazing. It doesn't mean, by the way, we, we don't want your feedback. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. But at the end of the day, we're in it for team wins, not individual wins. And I think that's our heart of our church. Um, fourth is you welcome pastoral care and, and spiritual growth sincerely. I would say spiritual leadership. That might ju- that's not just the pastors. That's your small group leaders. That's the people you're going to Bible study with. That's just, you're not a person who's like, hey, stay out of my business. By the way, if you want to, if you're checking our church out and that's where you're at today, amazing. This is a commitment. So I'm, these are not small things where I'm just like, everyone has to do these things. No. But some of you already are doing them. We just want to make it a little more formalized and easier to understand. And then fifth, and probably most importantly, you guys are amazing at this, by the way. Love one another sincerely. Loving your neighbor, loving the people in the seats with you, and, and all the things that come with love. Serving each other. Being honest with each other. Actually spending time with one another, you know. Every little opportunity we have to love each other in a real way. And that's what it means to partner with us. Um, we're going to do something else today, too, by the way, at the end of service. Um, and actually, if you open up your BCC app, you can see this. So if you have your app, I would say open it up really quick. And, and you're going to see something called the BCC Survey. And we're really excited about this. Every year, we wanted to take an opportunity to kind of get a hard reset on our database. Um, there's some nerd stuff involved with why we want to do this. Sorry. But um, <clears throat> some of you guys are married to the wrong people in our database. Some of you have children you don't have in our database. All these things. <laughs> so. So we want to make sure we get all the information correct, but mainly we want to know your thoughts. We want to know what's important to you. We want to get some feedback. What is your church experience like? All these things. So we want to give you an opportunity. If you don't have an app, by the way, and you're not comfortable using your own phone, there is a station over there. I will tell you, we are not doing any paper for a lot of reasons, um, but we will have people to help you out. If you're not comfortable, swing by and say, hey, can you help me? I want to fill out a survey. Um, the other thing about it is we ask that you would fill it out individually and not as families. So if it's you and your spouse, we'd like each of you to fill it out because um, one of the things that it, sometimes we'll get a database person who will write like John and Cindy, first name. Like, That's, no one's first name is John and Cindy. <laughs> so then it just creates a new record because we want to make sure it's clean. And why do we care about having clean records? Because we want to, it's really about pastoral care. Data is a part of pastoral care. It really is because, hey, we're doing a lot. You're going to hear the vision of this church this year. We got family stuff in there. I need to know which one of you guys are parents. I want to make sure you're at this amazing parenting event we're going to be doing. 
married people, we want to make sure you know about our marriage event. You know, if you're interested in going to prime timers, we want to make sure, like, you're able to go to something. We want to serve you better, and ultimately, a lot of this stuff really, really, really helps serve you and your family better. And some of the feedback we're going to get about your experience here on Sunday, we're super excited. Be as honest as you want to be, um, because uh, no one's going to see this thing but the pastoral team, and we're not going to be calling anybody and being like, hey, I saw that one. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> so we, we just really want to serve you guys in the best way possible. You guys are an amazing church. We want it to be amazing for you. You deserve the best, and that's our heart behind it. So without further ado, Pastor is going to come up, and he's going to share a vision for like the next 12 months, and I'm really excited about this um, because it's something that um, some of this stuff I've been knowing about for a while, and I'm like, I cannot wait to tell our church about it. Here you go. Here's the man. Thank you very much. Thank you. Um, we really, uh, another thing about the, the survey and getting your information is uh, knowing your birth date is important and, uh, because a lot of times we want to do things that are age-related. We want to, if you're, in, if you're in the prime timer age group, we want to be able to address things to you. If you are a young adult, we want to be able to address things to you. So it's so important that you fill out the survey. Uh, this card, I'll be, we'll be talking to more about this later, and this is the partner commitment card, and this is for everybody. If, even if you're already, a, I'm already a member. No, we, we want to know who, who sees the vision, hears the vision, and says, I want to be a partner in that vision. The church is pretty important, would you say? I think it's really important. I heard about an elderly lady who, um, a young man, her next door neighbor, young young man was always so helpful to her. He would shovel her sidewalk during the wintertime, and when she got back from the grocery store, he would come out and he would uh, help her unload the groceries. And one day she just looked at him and she said, you know, tell me, how did you become such a fine young man? And he said, well, when I was younger, I had a drug problem. She said, really, I don't believe that. He said, I did. On Sunday morning, my parents drugged me to church. And <laughs> special events, they drugged me to church. And Wednesday night, they drugged me to church. So I'm a good person because I had a drug problem. <laughs> Revelation 1, incredible verse of Scripture. And think about it. As I read, I'm going to read the Scripture to you. And think about the fact that this is, the, this is God's last will and testament to the world. Revelation is the end of all things. And God's first communication was to seven local churches. Revelation 1.10 says, It was the Lord's day and I was worshiping in the Spirit. Suddenly I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet blast. It said, Write in a book everything you see and send it to the seven churches in the cities of Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia and Laodicea. When I turned to see who was speaking to me, I saw seven gold lampstands, and standing in the middle of the lampstands was someone like the Son of Man, who was wearing a long robe with a gold sash across his chest. His head and his hair were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like flames of fire. His feet were polished bronze, refined in a furnace, and his voice thundered like mighty ocean waves. 
He held seven stars in his right hand, and a sharp two-edged sword came from his mouth. And his face was like the sun in all its brilliance. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as as if I were dead. But he laid his hand on me and said, Don't be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I died, but look, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and the grave. Write down what you have seen, both the things that are now happening and the things that will happen. This is the meaning of the mystery of the seven stars you saw in my right hand and the seven gold lampstands. The seven stars are the angels of the, of the seven churches and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. So I think you understand that the central character in the one who's speaking is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And the seven lampstands are the, the, the seven churches and, and the seven uh, angels are the, many people believe, uh, the word angel means messenger. So we're not sure if it was li- there was literal angels. Does every local church have an angel? Or many people believe that's simply talking about the leadership of the church, the pastor of the church, because he, he or she is a messenger. Have we really absorbed the implications of these first three chapters of the book of Revelation? Have we really absorbed the implication of the importance and the priority that Jesus places on the church, and not just the church, but the local church? That he would write seven different letters to seven different churches, and he knew their personalities, and those letters weren't just for the pastor, because in those days they wrote circular letters, and you would, if you wanted to mass communicate or communicate with large groups of people, you didn't have email or, 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 or telemarketing in those days. You sent a circular letter, and someone would get up, and they would read that letter to that, to that group of people. So the Lord had seven distinct messages for seven distinct churches, and that should tell us something. <clears throat> I'm going to say that it tells us three things. Number one, it tells me that Jesus... The eternal Lord takes the local church seriously and makes it his first priority. How dare I treat the local church flippantly or, God forbid, abusively? It's, a, it's not the pastor's ATM machine or the congregation's spiritual fast food restaurant. It's, it's not the showcase for certain individuals to, to uh, uh, you know, be the, uh, for certain individuals to display their talents. It, it's not the the back scratcher for you to scratch where your leadership uh, need itches. And so you can go down to the church and be in charge of something. Now, the local church is the sacred trust of resources contained in the Lord's last will and testament to the world. So the church is a priority. Secondly, Revelation chapter 1, 2, and 3 remind me that Jesus has chosen to make the local church a primary listening room for the individual to hear from him. Seven churches, seven individual messages. Each church got a different message. I do believe God speaks to you as an individual. I'm not saying that you don't hear from God unless you come to church. But there's obviously certain things that God wants to say to you that you will only hear through your church. I say, that, I say it this way. If you don't go to church, you're going to miss some of your mail. Thirdly, Jesus makes it clear in the seven letters to seven churches that you, the Christ follower, can't entirely separate how you're doing from how we're doing. 
you have, you have two components to your personality. One is individuality, but the other is collectivity, community. You have a need to be an individual. You also have a need to be a part of something bigger than yourself. That is across the board, and that's why people will always join something. They will always identify with a group. Group identity, we are wired for individual identity and group identity. So let's talk about Bethany Community Church, your church. There's seven components of the BCC Partner Vision that we want to share today. One is the, we want you to partner with us in the BCC BCA building project, our facility expansion. Acts chapter 2, verse 1, 3, I, I give you this verse because I want, you to, I want you to think about the fact that space and place is important. That God, when you come to worship Jesus in a space, it becomes a sacred space and a sacred place. Acts chapter 2, verse 1 through 3 says, On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven and the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house, the place where they were sitting. Someone said, and I thought it was a great quote, I wanted to include it in the message today. After further thought, I have come to settle on the idea that a sacred place is simply a location which can make someone feel renewed as well as somewhere one can become closer to the things that are dear to them. So let me tell you about this building project. Let me tell you four or five reasons that we want to do it. Number one, we want to bring BCC kids and children's church closer to the sanctuary. Imagine if you're a visitor and you come here to church and you've got your your one or two or three prized possessions, most important people in your life, your children. And you walk in that door, and you've never been here, we're all strangers to you, and we inform you that we ha you have to take your children a quarter of a mile away and drop them off with some strangers that you don't know. That's a pretty discomforting experience, wouldn't you say? So, we're talking about turning half of that gym into a children's church into BCCA Kids Sanctuary. So when a person comes in, they can see where they're going and they can see that they're only going to be a few feet from their child, their most important treasure. That's one part of this program, this, this idea of building that we're going to do. The second thing is we want to create a first-class fellowship and connection space. We have noticed over the last few weeks we've had a couple of connection activities. We had a, we had a brunch and we had a picnic, and we really noticed that our church came alive at these events. And we watched you connecting with one another. Several people told me how much it meant to them to be able to get to know people at the church and start to make friends. We love our community groups. They're wonderful. But for a new person to show up at somebody's house, especially if it's only going to be four or five people there, is very intimidating. People like to meet, first of all, in a larger group a lot of times before they're going to go to a small group. So the other half of that, gym, we want to turn it into a first-class cafe space to fellowship in. We're going to, we want to do that. Praise the Lord. Hey, yeah. G at least give a golf clap. Also, we want to bring the pastoral staff and offices and, and, and team back together again. We've been kind of spread out here for a few years. We bought the building downtown. And so we, we want to, on the other side of that wall, we want to put the pastoral offices 
and, and for, so all of our team can be together again, while also with a great meeting space for leadership meetings, a great conference room on the other side of that wall. And we also want to, we want to create a, a brand new youth space for our, for our paradigm youth ministry. Uh, no, no, it's not paradigm. Forum, I'm sorry. That's, it used to be paradigm. Forum, because I'm thinking of the paradigm room up there. That's why I said that. Uh, Forum youth ministry on the other side of that wall. And now, you know what else we want to do that's in our hearts to do is to bring the happy place to this campus, to this property. So every day of the week, during the week, we will have a state-of-the-art place uh, for the kids with special needs. It will identify our church with that space, whereas it's way over Northbridge kind of know they don't even know Bethany Community Church is a part of it. So it will identify with church, and then we'll have that same quality facility for Sunday so the people can come here on Sunday and bring their child to the, their, their, kids with special, their kid with special need and drop them off. And while they come to church, and they can have just as great an experience as the BCC kids. Now, you're probably wondering, well, where's the high school going to go? We're not just—we're going to kick them out, but we're going to kick them out to a really good place because we're going to go across the the parking lot and we're going to build a brand new gym where we can actually have spectators to come see the game. They won't get hit by a basketball trying to watch the game. And we're going to build—we want to build high school classrooms over there as well. And here's something really cool, and I've never had this experience before. Every building project I've started in the past, we had no money to start it with. But this time, because we sold the downtown building and we were blessed with some other money that came in, we have in the neighborhood of a million dollars to start the project. Can somebody say, thank you, Lord? Now, don't think you're off the hook, because we're not going to be able to get it done for a million dollars. God will provide. How many believe God will provide? Amen? Where God guides, God provides. Okay, let me give you some other goals that we have. We want to become a church where everyone is engaging regularly with the Bible, growing in their understanding of Scripture and applying it to their daily lives. We want to do that. We've got a few ways we're going to do that. We want to create and make available uh, daily Bible reading plans with engagement partners. John Wiersma is already doing this on a pretty, pretty significant scale, but we want to expand it and make it bigger. We want to we provide weekly in-person and online teaching groups that teach the Bible. I mean, this is in addition to community groups. And we want to be, you know, we did our Sunday night school during COVID. We want to bring that back, but we want to do some things online because we, one thing we learned during COVID, we learned that people show up more regularly sometimes with online than they do in person. So we want to do more. Uh, periodically, we want to bring in some skilled and anointed guest teachers. I've already started reaching out and looking for some that I can bring here. We want to create more online content that you can listen to in your car, in your work, while you're running the forklift at work, you can be listening. While you're running the, uh, what is that thing you run? Uh, I can't. Crane. While you're running that crane in Boston, you, can, you don't have to listen to Jordan Peterson. You can listen to me. <laughs> got a, I got a few dirty looks just now. But no, the guys have already promised me as so we get into the new space down here in the plaza. We're going to have a studio space where we can start producing online content 
that you can listen to and you can go to Automobile University, you can listen in your car and listen as you do your housework with your headphones on or your, your earbuds in and you can, you can engage with the Word of God. We have to engage with the Word of God at a higher level. Number three, we want to create more diverse freedom and healing and recovery groups. Like, like Celebrate Recovery, we have, we have one group but we want to create more. Groups that produce emotional health, such as divorce recovery, grief recovery, emotional health groups, to special places where people can go, kind of, the, kind of the ER department of the church, where people can go who need, to get, who need to get freedom from some area of their life that maybe Celebrate Recovery doesn't cover. So that's important to us. Uh, number four, we want to significantly increase community programming and funding through Compassion New England. Here's a, few, here's a few goals that Compassion New England has. One is Blessing Barn at Beacon Hill that supports Room in the City. Everybody know what Room in the City is? Okay, I, I, I won't take the time to explain it if you promise me you know. Uh, our goal is to add a new room in the city for Boston Children's Hospital. Right now we're serving Mass General, but we want to be able to serve... Uh, uh, Boston Children's. Secondly, at the Mattapan store that already supports a CNE crisis center, the goal is to add two more days a week. Right now, it's Wednesday through Saturday. We want to add two more days a week, and that will provide the cash for meeting emer more emergency needs at that location because that's been a high feature of that location is to meet crisis needs because of the, the, the makeup of that community. Uh, at the Blessing Barn Home Store, which supports all ministries of CNE, the goal is to add to our Happy Place team a full-time staff person who can make possible new campers and vocational programs for those uh, children, those young adults and adults with special who have special needs. So the goal is to enlarge the Crisis Center ministry and support foster families. That's another part of that, another goal that's for that ministry. Uh, the CNE staff, they gave me a goal for the staff that I believe is just like I asked in the first service. I got stuck because I, I almost said they were good. They want to go from good to great, but they're already great. So we, we can't. Where do you go after great? And Jason said perfection. So uh, the CNE staff is going to go from great to perfection. Uh, the goal is to grow in love and peace and to share Christ through their words and deeds to volunteers and shoppers, which they do all the time. I'm telling you, that, that's the part of C&E that, that sometimes people don't think about because they just think about the crisis center and the kids with special needs and room in the city. But a lot of the ministry happens right at the, the counter, right at the register, when people come and they meet people, they care about them, and they, they have conversations and things happen. You ought to go, go, to the, go to the home store on Saturday. Go out there and just hang out. Just hang out. You'll, you'll have a chance to share Jesus Christ in a very real way if you'll just walk around that store on Saturday. I'm telling you, I'm, I really want you to do that. Some of you, some of you, you know, that's something our church does, and you never even go there. Well, we're not offended that you're not shopping there. We're not offended by that. But I am bothered that you don't care enough to go hang out there and see what God is doing. Go there on a Saturday, and you need to see the hundreds of people that are coming in that store, people who need the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. All right? Was I clear? <laughs> okay, what else do we want to be? Number five, we want to support Christian families through focused programming and resources targeted at parenting and Christian marriage. 
we believe that the primary spiritual leader of children is their parents. And if we rise up, then it will make it easier for us to focus on those children and young adults, young, young people who don't have Christian parents, because that will always be a factor. So if we can have parents who will rise up, and some of you can even bring those students into your home to be your kid's friend, and you can be a part of their life. Here's how we're going to do it. First of all, we're going to do a seminar called First Steps with Sarah Cowan Johnson. She is awesome, by the way. I've been looking at her website and listening to some of her stuff. And this seminar, here's, how, here's her words, helping our kids walk the way of Jesus for the rest of their lives. This seminar, this is her words right here, provides practical tools to equip parents to take the lead in the discipleship of their children. Participants will come away with a greater sense of their own calling and spiritual authority. A simple framework for discipleship and spiritual formation plans tailored to each child based on age and spiritual stage. It's really good. I also want to introduce you to Foundation Worldview with Elizabeth Urbanowitz. And she has an important, important teaching called Seven Lies Your Kids Will Believe If You Don't Do Something and actually gives you curriculum to work through those seven lies with your child. Good stuff. Also, we want to do our uh, online program again, which we did during COVID, on how to build a Christian home. And we want to do that again. We're probably going to expand it from four weeks to six weeks. So be looking out for that. We love families, and we love what they do. Okay, number six, we want to host regular events focused on connection and fellowship, similar to what you've seen in the last few weeks. We want to begin to do that on a regular basis. Probably every month we're going to have a fellowship like that, and I want you to, get it. I want you to be excited and prayerful about it because those, those events are super important. They are, have super spiritual value as you connect with people because let me tell you something. People will come to a church and, and attend a church a little while because they, they appreciate the music or the preaching. But they will only stay, and when I say stay, I mean stay with God. I don't just mean stay with us. I mean stay with the Christian life. They will only stay if they make friends. That's a fact. They will not stay long-term, most people, just because they like the preaching and the music. They will stay long-term because they find people they love and people that love them back. So we want to uh, uh, facilitate that. Finally, and this is last but not least, it's the most important one. We want to emphasize prayer and a move of the Holy Spirit. I really mean that with all of my heart. I want you to pray every day that God will give Bethany Community Church an infilling of the Holy Spirit and a move of the Holy Spirit that connects the head with the heart. I have a tendency to be a little head heavy and because I like content and I like, I like to read after people that are really smart and challenge my thinking. And I like, to, I like being cerebral, but I know that you need not just to have a a head experience with God. You need to experience God. You need to experience God with your emotions and your feelings. And God cares about that so much. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And nothing can do that but the Holy Spirit himself. Amen? Now I want to, I want to close with this verse. Acts chapter 2 verse 42. And I want you to, I want you to think of 
partnership as you think of this verse. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshipped together at the temple each day and met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. That's a great verse, isn't it? It's one of my favorite passages in the Bible because it describes a, it describes a community of people who love and care and have passion for Christ and passion for one another. You know, most, most people, if they teach about a great anything, a great sports team, a great corporation, a great company, or a great church, you know what they will always say? They will say it was because of great leadership. That's what they will say. But you know what? I believe they're wrong. I don't believe a church is great because of great leadership. I don't believe a team is great because of great leadership. A church is great because of great partnership. Notice what it said again. The first part of the verse, it doesn't say all the leaders devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Put that verse back up there, guys. We're going to put it back up there right now. Right now. All the believers, it didn't say all the leaders devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, the fellowship, and the sharing of meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. It said all the believers devoted themselves. Listen, this is the key to, to God doing what he wants to do in this place. The key to God doing what he wants to do in this place is that you, you become a believer who engages and participates with what God is doing in you, yourself, and the people around you. Great leadership didn't make the greatest church ever, but great partnership, I want to say. Will you today, I'm really serious, the only, the only call I will make that's more important than this is the one to receive Christ as your Savior. Will you consider today hearing Jesus call you to be a partner in the work of God. Jesus' last two acts on earth were communion and the washing of feet. And he said, Do you understand what I've done to you? Call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, and for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. Can I challenge you to become a partner with Bethany Community Church?